You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. What up, everybody? It is Pastor David Gammon hosting the show today. I am super excited. You guys are checking it out. It is July. It is summer. It is it is hot again. Thank you. Thank you. We had a weird spring, weird winter, but summer in Florida has come bouncing right back, letting us know that the weather is crazy. So, But what we're doing here, Morning Breath, is we read a chapter of the Bible the night before, and then we come into our Marriott Studios, we read the chapter again on the air here, and we talk about what God breathes on our hearts. Normally on Thursdays, it is myself and Pastor Dan, and we get digging into it. Today, I am very excited. I am with my favorite person on the entire planet. She is incredible. She is beautiful. She is funny. She is smart. I am here with my wife, Nancy Gammon. How are you doing, babe? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So we're going to be jumping into the First Samuel 24, but before we do that, we want you guys to be able to be plugged into what we're doing. So Nancy, tell them how they can follow along. Okay. There's lots of ways. So first, the East Coast app. You can download that onto your phone um, or computer or whatever. And then eccc.us you can go there for all the info for the morning breath episodes past sermons everything you need and events our church is putting on we have a facebook page we have an instagram we have a youtube page too you can call the front office 321-452-1060 and give them your email address and we can also email you all the information about how to follow along with us on this amazing radio program we got you taken care of we got a bunch of stuff going on here we want to welcome you guys back to church come on back we got uh, we got a place for you and if you want to wear a mask not wear a mask that's up to you but everybody is welcome uh something we have going on too we got a leadership growth track that's actually in its second session i believe this week and come on out to it for all of the things i'm about to tell you go to our events page on our website that's eccc.us forward slash events for this growth track that's through um through the church and then we got camp that's going to be happening here shortly you can still sign up man it's getting it's getting tight though on signups so don't drag your feet if you want to go to our youth camp you can still sign up all right and then we have a global leadership summit happening august 5th which is my baby's birthday and 6th yes. and this is this is a worldwide thing this is headed up by craig groschel absolutely massively impacting for you your church your business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're anything that has to do with leadership, and as we hear a lot of these guys talk about, everything rises and falls based off of your leadership. So check this out. Go to our events page. You'll get all the details for all of these, and um, let's get moving forward with Jesus. So I tell you what, First Samuel 24. It is. It, this is a pretty famous chapter. Pretty it famous is. exchange. This is a good here. one. So I'm going to read the ESV. Which, which oh, translation wow. are you reading? I'm going to read the NIV. Okay. And then let's, uh, we got 21 verses. Where are we splitting it at again, did we say? Maybe 10. You stop it. I'll stop at 10. Or, yeah. All right. So I'll read through so, verse 11. Okay, yep. And then you pick up the rest of the way. Perfect. All right, babe, you get me started. I say to you, read, sir. David spares Saul's life. When Saul returned from, the fo- from following the Philistines, he was told, behold, David is in the wilderness of Engadi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all of Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goat's rocks. And he came to the sheep's fold by the way where there was a cave. And Saul went into went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost part of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your, many in, your enemy into your hand and you shall 
do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David rose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And after and afterward, David's heart was struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid, the Lord forbid that I should do this to the, to my Lord, lowercase l, the Lord's uppercase L, anointed to put out of my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David pursued his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul arose and arose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, my Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Behold, David seeks you harm? Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into the hand and into the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe, I did not kill you. You may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May, may the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me. But my hand will not touch you. As with the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be the king, or be king, and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul. Then Saul returned home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Ah, uh, man. All right. This is a, this is one of the most challenging and stretching chapters in all of scripture. If you really look at it, because David was right. David thought he had the Lord's blessing on something. Well, not David didn't think people thought, all right. Some of the people around David thought he had the Lord's blessing on an opportunity. And the person was definitely in a position to not be able to defend themselves. And he, David could have capitalized on it. And uh, what really stands out to me is, you know, the what's being said around you and the opportunity in front of you isn't as important as what God is doing through you. Mm, that's All right? good. That is the filter of what David was looking for. You know, David was not looking through the filter of, you know, what what's in front of me. He's like, what is God doing? And then he looked at the situation and said, this is not how God would do this. God would not deliver me the king by killing him in this, you know, really kind of super disrespectful, super um, kind of filthy manner inside this cave. Like Saul was going to the bathroom and 
and Saul was definitely super vulnerable. So to think that that that's where God's going to be moving in this isn't isn't what it is. And we have to look at our life like that. Okay, if you have a family member that maybe you've been witnessing to or talking to, and then their marriage hits a really hard time, and you almost want to have an "I told you so." Or you want to say, hey, listen, if you would have just trusted your marriage with Jesus, if you would have just done this, no, <laughs> no. Stop and, and look upwards before you look over and say, Lord, how would you want this done? How would I want to be handled if I was in that situation? And um, there's so much more here in this chapter, but that's what really stood out to me. It's like, okay, before I go and do what I want to do, I want to check and see what God wants done in that in that moment. What stood out to you, babe? Well, um, I've been reading the previous chapters and stuff and just, just Saul's story is so just, I love it so much and, and hate it. It's like a love hate because, you know, even from the start, Saul had so many insecurities. Like it says in the Bible that he, or it says in previous chapters went before he knew he was going to be king, that he doubted himself right from the start, you know, and then look how it, it panned out all that doubt. And not he didn't believe in himself. He didn't believe in God because God chose him. And he, he was so insecure. But what stood out to me was the way David still called Saul his master. Mm-hmm. Even after all of that, it just shows such a heart of um, honor and respect towards authority that he didn't care how Saul acted or had been acting. He still said, no, this is the king. This is my king. I'm going to follow him. And I really think Americans especially really could get a good lesson from this just in how regardless of if we, you know, agree with what our authority is doing or not, honoring and respecting them is still very important. Absolutely. And it's important how we talk about authority around our children Mm -hmm. because then we pass that attitude of authority on to them, either an attitude of honor and respect or a dishonoring attitude towards authority, which can really hinder our kids their entire lives. It does. It causes massive confusion when we tell them, hey, you need to listen to your teacher, you need to listen to your coach, and then we're bad-mouthing or listen to that pastor, and then we're bad-mouthing those authorities right. or the president. Right. And then the kid's growing up confused because they don't have the total perspective that we do right. on it. That, And we're not saying that honor means we agree with everything leadership is doing. Definitely not. Nope. But yep. praise God that we have men and women that have fought and have died for this country, that we have a system in place that we can vocalize where we don't agree without the fear of persecution. And um, so we can, we're not telling you to just be blind sheep, but we are saying we need to be honoring because God says we need to be honoring. And, and that is so powerful. What I love what you said about Saul and it actually kind of reminded me of something. This inside here, you get to see the Saul that God originally allowed to take the throne. Because mm-hmm. he's yeah. like, is that my son, David? Yes. You see, Saul had demonic forces demonic spirits messing with him and his anger if you have anger issues slow your life down and start challenging those voices in your head and in your heart take each thought captive and make it submit to christ because in the moments in the palace we see that saul is throwing spears at people at david at jonathan he's 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 angry and here in this moment where you know he's able to to be confronted you actually get to see i I believe the other side of his heart 
of like he knows he's messed up, but he is like a a drowning person that you go in to save that starts to to pull you under too. Is the franticness that he's in in his life right now, right? And you can see the good left, like like a little bit little Star Wars reference here. You can see there's still good left in Anakin, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, even as he's Vader, there's still good left in Saul. Unfortunately, not the spoiler alert for the next couple of chapters. It doesn't end well for Saul, and it doesn't end well for Jonathan. But mm. it's like, you know what? If you feel everybody likes to like label themselves as David. I'm a young King David. At yeah. least a lot of some of the people I've been around. But unfortunately, most of us are more like Saul. Yeah. Where we're warring between our will in our heart and our father's will in our heart. And it's causing this bipolar chaos in right. our life. Yeah. I, I really like um, another part that I like that kind of li- <laughs> lined up with the whole thing of him. Um, What's that? Calling mm-hmm. Saul his king still and his lord and his master was also just how brave and courageous he was to, it, it says, then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul. So wow. he didn't like get yeah. seen by Saul and then was like, oh, shoot. Oh, hey, Saul. Oh, he came look out. what I did. Yeah. yeah, he actually pursued Saul and said, hey, look, like I could have killed you. And, you know, every time I, re- I read this, I always read it the way I watch movies, which we were talking last night, and I don't like to try to predict what's going on in movies and shows. I like to be surprised. And David teases me and says I didn't read enough as a kid, but, you know, <laughs> and so I, but I just really like to be surprised. So when I, when I read this, I always think to myself, man, like this is probably infuriating Saul that David did this. Like, and then David said to him, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. And then it goes on to say, and I didn't even kill you. And it's like, I'm sitting here reading and thinking, oh my gosh, is Saul going to be like, what the heck, David? This just solidifies why I hate you so much, you know? But instead, he does have a tender moment where he's like, oh man, you are more righteous than I. You have treated me well. So see, there's so much we can learn about Saul. I know that it ends bad. But you're so right about how we are more like Saul than David oftentimes, because what do we do when God calls us into something great or God like puts something in front of us? We doubt we say, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You know, invite somebody to church. You get this little saying or you get this little voice in your head that's telling you to invite one of your friends or something. And then you doubt yourself like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But man, God believes in you. God believed in Saul. God was excited. Now, God wasn't excited to put a king in charge of his people where he wanted to be the king, but he found somebody that God chose Saul. Right. And all Saul was so insecure right from the start that it affected every decision he made. So I just want to encourage you out there. If you are wrestling with some insecurities, and I know it's hard to face them, but it's pride a lot of times why we can't face them. And with, with pride, when God's trying to prune pride out of you, it's painful. It hurts. It does not feel good to recognize pride inside yourself. But really, it's so worth it on the other side. You'll be like, man, it feels so good to have that lifted off of me. So I just want to encourage you to, to start asking the Holy Spirit to reveal insecurities to you, prideful areas to you, because he will. He is faithful and he will show you those areas. And, and you know, I, I don't want to say it like this, but you don't have to end up like Saul. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, turned into a David. Another thing that that stands out to me in the chapter is towards the end. Well, I'll say this first: is that 
what David personifies here is everything that Paul writes about and Peter writes about in his in their epistles to the to the church to us, saying at all costs, fight for unity, fight for peace, be together of one accord. Let this world see the church standing as one voice for Jesus. And David yes. here was fighting for peace rather than being right. Yes, that's so Are you good. fighting for peace in your marriage? Are you fighting for peace at your workplace? Are you? F- this is speaking to me right now. Yeah. This is, are you fighting for peace? Or are you fighting to prove that you're the bigger man, bigger woman, upper hand, won the fight, you know, bigger dog in the pack? You're not going to get what you want because you need to be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. I know I messed it up, whatever, all right? But the the great. next part of it is so important. The the wrath of man will not produce the righteousness of God. You going in and winning the fight and argument means you're winning it. All right. But Exodus 14 says that I'm to let the Lord fight my battles. I'm gonna let the Lord win the fight. All right. It also never feels good. It does. So, and, and everyone can attest to this. Everyone has had that moment. Yep. Everybody. Where they've been able to, you know, tell the person like it is, and they were right. You know, you were right when you did that. But man, afterwards, you felt like garbage. I love on social media never feels good. when someone says something wrong and I jump on there and I just totally argue with them and shut them down and prove them wrong. And then they instantly get back on and say, you're so right, Pastor. I'm yeah. turning from my <laughs> wayward beliefs and just giving my heart to Jesus. Tithe 10 percent. No, 50 percent. I'm in. Right. Never happens. Yeah, people. it doesn't. No. Never happens. All right. Well, it's the kindness of Christ that leads men to repentance. I say that all the time because mm-hmm. I, I it doesn't you cannot force people into where you want them to be. Right. Loving them and showing them kindness is, is where you'll see a change of heart. Paul even writes, the law is good, but the law is not for believers. Law is for unbelievers. And that the bit of the law that is for unbelievers or the use of the law for unbelievers is so that we can look in the mirror and see that there is mud on our face and that we need a savior. Not for believer to condemn other believer on our journey with Christ here on earth. The law is powerful. He says the law is good. And although the law is fulfilled, that is meaning it's fulfilled for the judgment that is going to happen on us. Christ has fulfilled it. We no longer need to sacrifice ox and lamb and stuff like that. That is fulfilled. The, the, the priestly line of Aaron is fulfilled. We do not need to do that. But we are now under a, a greater covenant, the one of grace through the blood of the, of the spotless lamb that is Jesus Christ. And in that, we operate with the name above all names. And in that, we also love God more than anything else in this world. And we love people as we love ourselves. This fulfills the entire Old Testament. That's really good. You know, right. I, I had a little bit of a word like from the Holy Spirit yesterday on my heart about the verse that says, do not be easily offended. You know, how love is not to be easily offended. Well, I thought about how like what that says is don't let little things offend you. Right. But you know what? I want to challenge everybody. Don't let big things offend you. Wow. Yeah. Don't don't be easily offended. Don't let anything offend you, small or big. You know, it just offense leads to anger and bitterness and all those things and really like if our goal is to be united and show the world hey you want to be in this like in the end you're going to want to be a believer you know you're going to want to be a believer right now like don't wait to the end you know if we want to do that the bible says that the world will know us by our love for each other and that doesn't mean that 
It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is that we stand united. It's so important right now. So just if you're listening to this and you have an offense that you're holding on to towards anyone, even if it's, you know, justified, let it go. Yes. Because it will, you don't even know what will, all the mending that can happen, all the families that can come together because of you forgiving and truly saying, you know what? This doesn't matter. There was a a Judah Smith message I listened to a long time ago about, you know, nothing matters. And I mean, he literally went through everything. And it was like when you really sit back and think, does this really matter in the light of eternity? Does this matter? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. Like what matters is that we get people that don't know Jesus to heaven. So we got all kinds of people we're, we're wanting to bring to Jesus, and we can't do that when we're fighting with each other. Do you want to hear what sends King Saul spiraling in this, where he goes to the shift from good king to spiraling um, person with severe inner, inner insecurity issues? A group of young ladies were singing out, Saul killed thousands, David, David killed, killed 10,000. 10, yeah. And when Saul heard that, that was his catalyst to go in the wrong direction. Now he's constantly having to prove himself. Yeah. He constantly had relieved, instead of confronting the demonic forces that were, were around, matter of fact, he is just so focused on, on regaining the popularity. And being a guy that's 40, I uh, turned 41 here in a couple of days, uh, that, you know, and, and it's my job to train up young guys in the ministry. I know what it's like to have other people be like, oh, I can't wait for that person. I can't wait for this person. Look at this young person. Look at this young gun. And it's like, it's cool. But sometimes you can be like, well, and it can get you in a spot of like, well, wait a second. Well, what about me? Well, what about what I've Mm -hmm, done? For sure. And you have to look and be a student of your own heart. Whose praise do you really value the most? Wow, that is so good. Praise Jesus. Whose praise do you really Mm. value the most? Mm -hmm. And one thing I want to say on that level, when it comes to praise, there's a man in the New Testament named Barnabas, all right? And he was the example of being an encourager. So what I do in my heart is I do my very best to know who I value my praise from, all right? And then I want to be the biggest team player on the team. I want to be everybody's biggest fan. I want to root on every person that I've already predetermined in my heart. If you are a David and you are coming up behind me, that I'm encouraging you. I'm getting you weapons. I'm I'm equipping you. Get those men out of the cave. No, let's get you back in the palace. Let's let's do the work of the kingdom because you are not a threat to me. And you got to look that people are not a threat to you. All right. We don't war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities and powers of dark places. And that we've got to be heaven minded christ-minded eternity-minded we're trying to grab a hold of things in this world solomon talks about it's like grabbing for the air you're always going to be left empty yeah, i'd rather have good. eternity well i tell you what we're going to take a small break and when we get back nancy's going to close us out with the uh the, the final thought you are listening to the morning breath podcast from east coast christian center we will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, 
Coco and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. All right, here we are. We are back. And Nancy, you're going to close us out with the final thoughts. Go yeah, for I just want to kind of piggyback on what you're talking about, about um, kind of seeing other people coming up behind you and maybe thinking, oh, no, you know, we get a little jealous sometimes because our eyes are on ourselves um, and for other reasons, too. But, you know, I thought about something. Um, I want 
anyone following me to come up above me almost. Amen. Like, and I, I've heard Pastor uh, Ray Goolsby used to say, um, and I'm sure other people say this too about um, his children's floor mm-hmm. need or his ceiling needs to be his children's floor. Come on. And that's how we should be looking at all of the people that we are discipling, younger ones. Like I, I you know, there's the, um, there is the, yeah, uh, stigma. Yeah, the the um, earthly side of me. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of what, how to word that. Um, the flesh. Mm-hmm. There's a fleshly side of me that wants to get jealous and wants to say like, no way, this younger girl can't come up you know, behind me, knowing more about the word and stuff. And then I'm like, wait a second, I shouldn't be thinking that way. Like, yes, I want her to know, wow, like this is someone I discipled. Now they're coming up stronger in the word than I have ever been. Come on, That's how it should be. Yeah, we that, should never be looking and thinking, I need to be the greatest. Cause that just shows that our eyes are on us and that, you know. Or they didn't that, have to suffer the way I had to right, suffer. Right, or something. Good, Yeah. Good, yes, praise God, good. they didn't have to. You know, yeah. and it is, and it's gonna be a And they'll suffer. Thing. God will teach them ways. It doesn't have to be the way we did it. There's whole new lessons and areas. And you know what? Then when they captain the church and they take us and and God uses them, they're going to have adversaries and giants in the land. They're going to have to clear them. But you know what? They're not going to have to clear our giants out of the land. That's that's great. What a great word. So I tell you what, guys, we love being here with you. You guys check out the rest of the stuff we have on the app. So we'll see you guys at the next episode. See you. See you later. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.